1: Hello and welcome to Catholic Baltimore. This is Emily Rosenthal, and joining us today is Dawn Walsh, chair of the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Rosary Congress. Welcome to the show, Dawn. And could you please tell us a little
2: bit about the Rosary Congress and what it entails? Emily, thank you. I'm very happy to be here and grateful for the invitation. Uh, we're very excited this year to have our second annual Archdiocese and Rosary Congress, and what we'll be doing is uh, seven days. Of continuous prayer, talks, masses, and everything will be held down at the Basilica of the Assumption in Baltimore.
1: Great, and what are some of the events that are part of the Rosary Congress?
2: Well, this year we're very excited to have Father Chris Alar, who is a Marian of the Immaculate Conception, and he'll be doing our opening Mass on Sunday. This is at 430, and after the Mass, Um, he will be doing a talk uh, entitled Who is Mary and he'll be with us again on uh, Monday night and Tuesday night but what happens on Sunday with that opening mass is we begin the 24-hour adoration with the rosary prayed on the hour every hour at the Basilica.
1: Great. So this is the second year that the Archdiocese is hosting a Rosary Congress. So what was the inspiration for starting this event?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, it actually began in Poland in 1979 when John Paul II was Pope and hoping to visit uh, his home country. uh, There were impediments to his visit. The government was not permitting him access to certain places he wanted to go. So this first uh, Congress was, uh, began then uh, they had a continuous prayer uh, before the Blessed Sacrament and on the last day of the Congress then the doors were opened for him to come without restriction into the places he wanted to come in Poland. So that was the first Congress and from there we took our, our inspiration.
1: Wonderful. So how will this year's of Rosary Congress differ from last year's?
2: Well last year was our first endeavor and we really spread far and wide throughout the diocese, which was wonderful. The Archbishop this year really wanted us to focus on having main events from the Basilica of the Assumption. So we're going to focus our efforts there. We still will have companion efforts at satellite parishes and you can get more information on that, um, which parishes uh, that will entail. But all of the events um, from Sunday through Saturday will be held at the Basilica. Great. So why would you say that
1: devotions to the rosary are increasingly important in today's church?
2: Well we know that uh, public rosary is the most indulgence prayer of the church. So while the Eucharist and the Mass is our source and summit, second to that would be praying the rosary. And we link our endeavor to Our Lady of Fatima's request and uh, She asked that we pray the rosary daily, a very simple request, and then she promised that there would be peace in the world and her triumph, uh, the triumph of her Immaculate Heart if we complied with her wishes. And the beauty of it is the simplicity of it. We can all pray a rosary, but knowing that if we come together and pray it publicly, it is an indulgence prayer, so it's all the more powerful.
1: And so you spoke a little bit about um, Fatima, but would you mind uh, talking a little bit more about the apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary and um, how that relates to the
2: Rosary Congress? So in companion with uh, her apparition in 1917, um, which was preceded by the Angel of Portugal, uh, who entitled him, he called himself the Angel of Peace. So we were going into the 20th century, which has been called the... um, the most dire century, so many people uh, fighting, dying for their faith, um, and Our Lady holding out the answer, which was the prayer of the rosary and her intercession. And so we're tying to that and remembering that Our Lady said to Sister Lucia that there is no problem that cannot be solved by the recitation of the rosary. So taking up Our Lady's invitation, we want to help spread that devotion And particularly in this time in our church, which we're in dire need of more prayer, more devotion, um, we see this as a timely answer to that request. And so
1: do you personally have something that you're looking forward to um, in particular with the Rosary Congress this year?
2: Well, one of the things we added this year that I'm very delighted about, um, our school superintendent was very interested in having the children participate and Father Boric, the rector of the basilica, has invited all of the school children to come down on Wednesday morning and have a student Fatima experience. So he's gonna teach them a little bit about the rosary and give a talk on Fatima. We're also encouraging the students to watch a film in their home parish, in their home schools, about Fatima, so there's more understanding of it because we remember that Our Lady appeared to children, and when we instill that love of the rosary in the hearts of children, they carry it with them through the rest of their lives.
1: That's very interesting what you're saying about children. It makes perfect sense. Uh, So what do you hope that others will gain from participating in the Rosary Congress?
2: Well, the thing that I think is most wonderful, first of all, we have ten different dioceses who are observing the same time of congresses throughout um, the United States. We know that because of the religious liberty that we have, uh, the beauty and gift of in in our country, it's incumbent upon us to kind of take up the standard to lead in invoking Heaven to intercede for the problems that we are experiencing in the world today. And that's what I'm most excited about, is publicly coming together, acknowledging Our Lady's intercession to help us with the problems of our time. So I'm most excited about everyone coming, Being at the beautiful Basilica, we're also going to have a Marian uh, concert, which will be held on Friday. And this is in honor of Monsignor Art Valenzano, who himself was tremendously dedicated to the Rosary, was a great lover of Mary, and who was so fondly remembered by everyone in the Archdiocese. So it's beautiful that we have this uh, concert in his honor.
1: Absolutely. So we have about a minute left, Um, would you mind telling us again why it's important for Catholics in the Archdiocese to get involved with an event like the Rosary Congress? Yes, I think
2: uh, the beauty of the Rosary Congress is that, you know, we're all devoted to our Catholic faith, but we all have different expressions of that. So some of us are involved in service to the poor, some of us are teaching in the schools, we have apostolic endeavors. And we have um, the discipleship to which we're all called by the archbishop and by our faith. But one of the things that we all have in common is the spiritual motherhood of Our Lady. So by coming together and sharing that, by praying together, by honoring her request of prayer of the rosary, it's a great common denominator for all of us to share as faithful Catholics.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Dawn, for being with us today. It was my
2: pleasure, Emily. Thank you.
1: To learn more about the Rosary Congress, visit Rosary rosarycongress We will be back after the break speaking with Father Jerry Francic about the upcoming Faith Fest.
3: News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. Musical acts, a zip line, a dunca seminarian booth, and fireworks are among the attractions at the first Faith Fest, a September 16th festival co-sponsored by the parishes of Hartford County. On display at the Faith Fest will be a museum-worthy exhibit that displays one family's patriarch's talent and faith during World War II, the bulk of which he spent as a prisoner of war. Over the course of his travail, Giuseppe Bongiorno gathered the socks of deceased prisoners and painstakingly fashioned the yarn into three religious renderings and a letter home, which at several junctures, according to his family, he assumed he would never see again. Bongiorno survived the ordeal and came to Baltimore in 1958 along with his wife Pietra and their four children, following his brother Vincenzo, who ran a market near the intersection of Greenmount Avenue and 33rd Street a Waverly crossroads. Bongiorno died in 1997 at age 85. The heirlooms have since been preserved behind glass in two by three foot frames. When his descendants gather on special occasions, such as Christmas Eve, they are on display along with cod specialties and Italian sweets. Visit the Faith Fest September 16th, 2.30 to 9 p.m. at the Hartford County Equestrian Center in Bel Air, To see Bongiorno's handiwork and read more about his remarkable art at catholicreview.org. Pax Christi International, the global Catholic peace movement, has named the No Boundaries Coalition the recipient of its 2018 Peace Award. Ray Kelly serves on the Executive Committee of St. Peter Claver, St. Pius V Parish, and is Chief Executive Officer of No Boundaries, an eight-year-old nonprofit that has grown from an organizer of block parties into an advocate for education, health, recovery, and safety, as well as accountability among police and public officials. Pax Christi International will recognize Kelly, Chief Operating Officer Ashaya Parker, and the entire No Boundaries Coalition at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Baltimore, September 15th at 7 p.m. A reception will follow at St. Peter Claver from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Retired Bishop Gerald F. Kakanis of Tucson, Arizona, praised Arizona Senator John S. McCain, who died at age 81 of brain cancer August 25th, for his service to the nation. He was a very principled man who had a passion for service, Bishop Kakanis told the Catholic Outlook, newspaper of the Tucson Diocese. The two worked together on immigration reform issues, especially in 2007, when McCain was trying to balance the political pressures of securing the Republican nomination for the 2008 presidential election with his bipartisan attempts at immigration reform. McCain was buried September 2nd at the Naval Academy in Annapolis where he had prepared for service as a Navy pilot. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Christopher Gunty.
4: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV?
0: are listening to catholic baltimore on talk radio 680 wcbm
1: we're back on catholic baltimore joining us by phone is father jerry francic pastor of saint mark in falston
5: welcome to the show father francic so you have been at the forefront of planning the faith fest which will be held in september um, in bel-air so could you tell us a little bit about the event overall
6: Yes, well, the original idea started last year um, in June. There were a couple of folks that were involved at St. Mark's and St. Margaret's who had been to Cleveland's Faith Fest and thought, wouldn't it be a great thing to get all the parishes of the Hartford region together, united as one, to really celebrate our faith? Because we do so much individually as parishes, either helping out the poor or um, youth ministry. We, we bind together for that. But as far as like combining our efforts, we really don't do that on a regular basis, except when we meet as a region. So we thought, wouldn't it be great to gather everybody together, we have 11 parishes in our region, um, to just get families together for a day of enjoyment, for a day of food, for a day of fun, and then end it with a huge outdoor mass and a big fireworks display, and just put on a great day that would be free so that everybody could come and celebrate their faith. Um, that's where it all kind of began last June, and we met originally with um, Monsignor Senning at St. Margaret and Monsignor Barker at St. Ignatius and myself to say, do we think this is even possible? Because, you know, we didn't know how much it's going to cost. Um, we didn't know where we were going to have it. <laughs> at that point, you know, like, what venue do you use and how many people do you expect? Right. So we began looking first at Hartford Community College, thinking that had the bigger venue with a, an outdoor as well as an indoor. Um, but for a number of reasons, that didn't work. And then the equestrian center came around, and they always do the farm fair there. So they have pavilions, and they have electricity outdoors and all those kinds of things. And as we walked the property, we thought, this is going to be the right place. Um, so that's kind of how it all got started.
5: Awesome. That sounds great. So what kinds of activities will you have at the Faith Fest?
6: We have a bunch of things. Well, first of all, we have three bands um, that are coming, uh, Maggie Paget. Ike Nadola and Josh Blakesley. So the last two are very well known, Ike and and Josh. Um, Christian music bands that are going to be playing throughout the afternoon. So they're going to be on the main stage. But then we have a whole bunch of children's activities going on, and the people that have been planning the children's activities are so creative. We're doing a zip line, we're doing bouncy houses. We have rock climbing walls, we have face painting, we have hair painting, which I've never heard of before, but evidently it's the new thing. Um, We have a a petting zoo, um, all kinds of activities for the kids to be involved in. And then in addition, there's gonna be uh, like wandering saints. So throughout this little um, miniature village of of, uh, Jerusalem, these people are going to be wandering through dressed in costume. And so the kids can ask them who they are and, and a little bit about them. So that's just some of the kids activities. There's also going to be a dunking booth that our seminarians are going to be in. There's, there's good sports about it. Um, and then there'll be, uh, food. So there'll be pit beef. Um, there's going to be empanadas from a food truck. Uh, brooms bloom is going to be there with their truck for ice cream and cone, Kona ice. Um, as well as uh, a tent for confessions, a tent for adoration, a tent for religious education and youth ministry, um, and a tent of parishes. So all 11 parishes will be together under one tent, handing out information about our parishes and where we're located. Because, like, for example, with St. Mark, we're tucked off the main road. We're back behind Mountain Road. And so unless you know where we are, most people don't know we even exist. So um, so information, lots of fun activities for the kids, bands, and music for the afternoon. We're hoping people will bring um, chairs and blankets and, and set up a picnic for the afternoon and, and stay for the day.
5: That sounds great. And, you know, during these difficult times in the church, um, a lot of people are struggling with their faith. So why is it important um, to you as the sponsors to host an event like Faith Fest?
6: Uh, you know we planned all this before all of this broke, and so this this news is devastating to everybody and i I in my own prayer when i when I pray about it and what what are we supposed to do at this point um the the most positive the most um, upbeat part for me in prayer has been the support of other people um who say, "All right, we know this has happened, we know we need to address it." But we also know our faith is more than just this crisis, that, that our faith is not in a human being or human beings, it's in Jesus. And we've got to remind each other of that. And I think coming together as families, faithful families, or, or people who aren't even a member of a church right now who are still looking, spiritually looking, to get together with other people of faith is um, it's just very positive and it, it builds your spirit in the time when you can be pulled down pretty quickly and pretty easily.
5: Absolutely, so what are you hoping that the people who attend faith Fest? what are you hoping they will take away from it?
6: First of all, I hope they just have a great time. I hope they come away and say that was a fun day um Secondly, I hope that they that their faith is built up in some way that they see other people um who they didn't even know were Catholic or didn't even know went to church or had faith, and that that gives them um that gives them some, some them some encouragement. We often say that in Falston we have an ecumenical group that's Falston United Methodist, Falston Presbyterian, Holy Communion Lutheran and ourselves, St. Mark Catholic. And we often say that that just the other ministers will say, just gathering together, we see other people and we say, Oh, I didn't know they went to church. Maybe they don't go to your church, but they, they go to the Presbyterian church or the Catholic church. And it just helps people say, you know, God is real God is an important part of our life. Maybe I should take a little more time to pray or practice my faith because, look, these people are doing it, and they're, they're pretty cool people. So I'm hoping that's going to happen that same way with Faith Fest, that people will um, run into people and say, oh, gosh, I, I didn't know. Where do you go to church? Or or hopefully, too, the other part of it is we're hoping people will come who don't regularly go to church and who start to experience how wonderful the faith can be again and say, you know, I really should start going back again. This is this is good for my soul. It's good for my family. It's good for me.
5: Absolutely. And um, I know this is a Harford County, uh, sponsored by the Harford County Parishes, um, but is right. this an event that Catholics all around the Archdiocese um, are able to come to and enjoy as well?
6: Absolutely. And we're not calling it Harford County Faith Fest for that very reason. We're calling it Faith Fest 2000- Maryland 2018, Faith Fest mm-hmm. Maryland 2018. Um, because it is really for everybody and even if you're not from Maryland across the Pennsylvania line you're so close to the Pennsylvania line in Hartford County everybody's welcome and you don't have to be Catholic to come it's a faith fest it's for everybody to come and celebrate their faith
5: wonderful so do you have something that you're most excited about
6: I think um, I'm most excited believe it or not about the mass and the fireworks I just um, you know, if you've ever been to one of those huge masses in a stadium, whether it's the Right to Life march or whether it's one of the uh, papal masses that have been in Baltimore, or Washington D.C., there's um, there's an atmosphere. There's a buzz in the air. There's the spirit is really present with forty thousand people around. You know, in an outdoor mass. Well, we're not going to have forty thousand. We don't think, but to have two thousand people around outdoors under the stars to be able to celebrate Mass with the Archbishop, and then to blast off fireworks at the end. That was a great ending. Uh, um, I'm really looking forward to that.
5: That sounds great. So we only have about a minute left, Father, but please tell us again why you really want the Catholics of the Archdiocese to attend Faith Fest.
6: I think now more than ever, we need to pull together to support one another. We need to pray for um, for the victims who have been abused and for their families and for people who have been ignored for too long. But we also need to affirm one another in our faith that, um, that the faults of an institution or the faults of people um, are not the faults of Jesus, that, that we're supposed to be the body of Christ. And so I, I'm hoping this will pull out our best, pull out um, the best in our in us individually and as a group. And coming together as people, Um, really helps us to do that. We're stronger together than we are apart. And things like this can drive us apart. It's very easy to go into isolation. Um, That's the wrong thing to do. Things like this, we need to pull us together so that we can celebrate the goodness and the hope and the love of Jesus together and see that present very tangibly in other people.
5: Thank you so much, Father Francis, for being with us today.
6: You are more than welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to to tell people about this and to encourage them to come to this great event.
1: The Faith Fest will be held at the Harford County Equestrian Center in Bel Air, September 16th, 2.30 to 9 p.m. To learn more about the event, visit faithfest.us. Again, that's faithfest.us. This is Emily Rosenthal, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore.
7: Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770.
4: Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org.
8: Life can be hard and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore.